All right, what's going on, everyone? We are now live. Welcome to another episode of the Knowledge Boner Experience. Super excited um, to be able to stream this again for those that are tuning in live. If you guys are in the High Ticket Sales Facebook group, you have the pleasure of um, actually seeing these interviews live in the group before it hits uh, Spotify and iTunes. Uh, so for those that are listening to this later, if you are tuning in on Spotify and iTunes, let us know what you think about the episode. Um, give us some reviews. And we have a special guest today. Um, his name is Jace Gray. I'm really excited for this because uh, he's in sales, right? Uh, I, I love sales for those that follow me, uh, especially here in the group all about closing and all about everything when it comes to taking somebody through a process, closing deals. And uh, this guy is actually used to close for Uncle G himself, right? Grant Cardone. Um, yep. with, uh, Fortune 500 companies. Um, he's now the CEO and founder of Growth Empire, which is really cool. Uh, so let's let's dive right into it. And, and first of all, um, you know, tell everyone about your background, how you got into sales, and then kind of leading up to tell them about, you know, your company Growth Empire, which is very fascinating mm -hmm. improvement. Yeah, absolutely, Dylan. And by the way, thank you for having me. So uh, pretty much I got into sales at a very early age. I was actually very fortunate because my dad's godfather owned a luxury dealership at the time. Mm -hmm. So at the age of six years old, I was listening to sports negotiation after school. I was pretty much listening to these guys going back and forth on negotiating, you know, seeing exactly how the art of the deal was actually made. So at a very young you know, age, I got that experience and I said, you know, this is actually something I really like. And it wasn't until the age of 19 when I actually came back from college where I said, I actually wanted to make this a career. But the funny thing about it was when I got into it, my whole perception was I wanted to come into it and become a sales you know, expert. I didn't want to become a professional. Uh, I didn't know what an HTC closer was. I didn't know what a, you know, any of these inbound apps. I just wanted to be an expert in the field. So as soon as I got in, you know, into sales, my first gig was selling cars for three years. Uh, and craziest thing about it is that everybody that's ever sold a car, I guess, besides me, uh, cleared six figures. I barely even cracked 50K. And then I ended up working for a Fortune 500 company. And that was actually the first experience I ever had selling over the phone where I was able to crush six figures. I mean, and the first year I made about 113. The second year I made about 125. And then obviously, you know, things happened that it wasn't a good fit with me in that company. And next thing you know, I ended up uh, going to work for Uncle G in that experience. So it was, uh, I, I would say to say the least, it was a hell of a sales training that I got, you know, being there, uh, what I'm grateful for. But at the same time, I always knew going in there, I didn't want to stay there. I knew that I actually wanted to have more. And right when I left, which will be uh, November 22nd of 2019 is actually when I left Grand Cardone. I, I said to myself, you know, I'm never going to work for anybody else. I'm going to start my own company. And I did sales closes for some few influencers here and there. And so I got my company Growth Empire up and running which now what we really do is we look for top sales candidates, we recruit them and we actually place them with great opportunities where they can generate anywhere from five to 10 K on a monthly basis. Right? Uh, so pretty much now that's all what we're doing here is we're looking for top sales candidates who obviously are looking to expand, are looking to work with trusted influencers that know that obviously one, they're going to want to work with, be with, and obviously pay, you know, pay you as well. And uh, that's what we're up to right now. What we're doing right now, you actually, uh, what we do there is we have them take cognitive tests. We have them take personality assessment tests. We even have them take a sales IQ test so we can really know and understand, okay, is this person someone who could pick something up pretty quickly and run with it? Uh, where's IQ stand, you know, above the percentiles? Are they above or are they below? And then obviously personality, we figure out exactly what type of cooperativeness do they have with the owner itself. So we make sure it's a good fit. So we, uh, we run the test, we make sure it's a good fit. So then we obviously know that in sales, there's a high turnover. So we try to avoid that as much as possible. So, okay. So personality, obviously, 
you you understand sales is very important, right? Knowing the personality prospect, knowing your personality as well. Um, you know, I, I deal in cases of coaching people and and I always tell people, hey, I have a different personality type than you. Don't mimic and copy my style. It may not work, right? <laughs> so with yeah. you having this cognitive test, would mm-hmm. you would you say, I mean, have you ever found it in a case that, you know, based on somebody's personality? So that's really lined up is we have to figure out exactly their cognitive test. If they range below the, you know, the average, then we know it's not going to be a good fit because chances are it's going to take them a little longer than usual to pick things up than it would be for a person that would score within that range. And then that's what, you know, like any, any closer, right. That starts off the game right now. They say, Hey, you know, give me an opportunity. It's no, no risk, but actually the risk is actually all on us because guess what happens if they don't close and they say they're closing at a 10%, but we really want them to be at a 20%. That could be either a $10,000 a week that us as a business owner is missing out on, or that could be 20, or it could even be more. So we try to go ahead and arrange to make sure that they fall within that, those, you know, those numbers that we had placed in line due to hundreds of testing. So we know for a darn fact that, okay, this is going to be a good fit for them. We know for a fact that based upon their personality, that obviously the cooperativeness that they have, it's going to work out for them. But again, it first comes out to that cognitive test. If they score in the, in that range, and then, then we look at the personality and we say, okay, how will it fit with this business owner? Hmm. So when you were, when you back, cause I, I actually did car sales as well, uh, only lasted about three months. And, uh, that was fascinating. It was actually a Toyota dealership out here in, uh, Clearwater. And when, when you're first or in, uh, the environment of a dealership, you know, you have people who have been there for a while and they have recurring customers, you know, they mm-hmm. have, um, uh, you know, uh, preferential treatment because they've been there longer than you. So they get, you know, you're only wor- working with people that are showing up. So by the time I joined this company, it was interesting is, is I was closing, but at the same time, there was no foot traffic. They hit their lowest um, ever in, in February. Uh, so no foot traffic was coming through. And then, um, so I realized that they were like spending money on like Pandora ads or something like that. And there's no foot traffic. So no way for me to be able to actually get in that position. Uh, so I ended up leaving the company after three months and then kind of just focused mm-hmm. on like agency work and stuff. So for you, right. What's, what's interesting is, is that I caught that you had, which I can relate to, but you said that, you know, you were barely cracking 50 K when you were doing car sales, but then you moved into phone sales for another company. Right. And then, you know, boom, you're cracking six figures. What was the biggest difference? What, what, what was the shift that, that made it to where you're going from here to here? Was it, was it lead flow? Was it just because you had more shots uh, at on the phone? What, what really happened with that? So if that's a great question and the funniest was, and honestly, whoever's watching this, you're going to laugh. So I quit my job selling cars right around December. Mm-hmm. right before the Wolf of Wall Street came out that, that month. The year that Wolf of Wall Street came out, that was right before when I quit my job selling cars. And I saw the opportunity, it was all on the phones. And I told myself, if I could get on the phones with my effort, because when you work selling cars, I, I was working 12 to 15 hour days. So it wasn't, I wasn't, it wasn't a matter of effort. It wasn't a matter of determination. I had it. But like you said, I just wasn't getting enough hits. If anything, what they would make me do is that they would say, hey, here's a list call the list and it'll only be a list of 20 people. And I would call the list of 20 people and it'll only take me an hour, right? So when I got into actually the phone sales game and they say, hey, here's your database, my eyes just lit up. And I said, okay, now now it's game on. In months, I when, as soon as I got into the role, it took me I, three months, I never cracked over 15 or 20 sales. And I was wondering, man, how are these guys doing 100, 120, 150, 200 sales in a month, right? Selling vacations. And 
it didn't hit me until January, where I went from 15 to then 67, 67 to 110. And it was the same effort. It was the same determination. And I didn't have any repeat business. It was brand new. Everything I was building from scratch. But it was the fact that now I had it, I had a, I had a system, I had a leads, I had a leads flow that I was working, right? On inbound, outbound, following up, hitting them through emails, sending them, uh, sending them mail. It was just a matter of having that database available. If you give me a database, I don't consider, like I say, I don't consider myself an inbound or outbound. I'm a sales, I'm a sales expert. I'm going to hit that list regardless because I see the opportunities. No, I love that. No, exactly right. If you have a list and stuff, in, and whether you're 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 trying to ninja them, turn them into inbound appointments and stuff, but because I tell people all the time, when you have like leads and like a list, you can, you, there's not a cap, right? You can actually. I, I get the whole inbound thing, but let's let's call it what it is, right? You know, you can only handle so many inbound appointments today. You're going to have a no-show rate, and if your goal is to go from 10k to 20k to 30k or 40k, right? You only have so much time in a day, and you can't really rely on no-shows. But if you have the ability to be able to have phone numbers, pick up the phone and dial, right? Now you can actually have some kind of control of your income, right? So yeah. I, I love that. That's that's really cool. Now with you pivoting from that, you know, obviously going from there, closing with somebody like Grant, being in his culture and everything like that, you know, what did you kind of pick up um, being in the environment of working with somebody like Grant Cardone related to sales? And obviously, you know, did you carry any of that culture uh, or anything that you learned from being in that environment to your new company that you're doing now? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, again, being there for the time that I was there, I'm very grateful because at the end of the day, you know, you're there with sharks, you're there with people who are in commissions working for Grant and they're making over half a million dollars selling for grant so being in that environment where you have guys that literally just like me could go ahead and close their eyes and could recite you every possible rebuttal back and forth with you it's the type of training that's bestilled and again that was in, i was working there you know eight hours but really it was felt it was really 15 to 17 hours a day that i was working every single day there was no days off so you do that repeatedly at the end of the day you know your repetition then becomes your it becomes permanent and when I went ahead and I started my company, right, there's a lot of, you know, keywords that Brent always talks about, inflow and outflow frequency. And for me, those keywords transition over because it's so true. If you want to get to where you are to where you want to go, you can do that. But it's all about frequency, how fast you want to move, taking massive action. You know, he talks a lot about 10xing, right? But people don't go ahead and say that I'm part of the 10x movement, but they don't really understand what it means to 10x. So when you see there every single day, you're with a guy that's literally at the age of 60, 62, and this guy is still cranking it up. It pushes you to work even harder because you're like, damn, this guy has about, what, 40 years on me, 35 years on me, and he's still doing what, I, what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. it, it, just, it shows the level that you need to be operating on. So what about um, being obviously in that environment, right? He has an in-house team and now, uh, you know, we live in a world where Zoom platforms like we're on right now as well, uh, make it possible for people to be able to work from home, close from home. Uh, you know, you see it all the time. A lot of people want to work from home, but uh, I, I feel like it's a double-edged sword, right? Because when you're in that environment of where it's in-house, you can be like, hey guys, go, go, go. You see people putting up numbers, you see people getting wins, you see people hustling on the phones, and you don't really have that environment um, when people are kind of just by yourself from home, right? So, you know, do you think that that's kind of, you know, do you think it's a negative being from home or do you think that everybody should eventually get to the point where you do have stuff in-house? Well, you know, it's I could go ahead and I could paint you this picture because before I went to go work for Grant Cardone, I was working for Andrew Argue, which is actually Sam Oven's number one student, right? And I was helping him as well building his sales team. And 
he was actually being mentored by Grant Cardone. And Grant Cardone told him, you know, exactly the question that you have for me right here. If you're trying to take a company from where you are, right, which is six figures, high six figures, and you want to go ahead and crack those millions, it makes all the sense in the world for you to have a sales team, an in-house sales team. Because you could have all these remote players as much as you want. But the moment you see, you create that environment, that atmosphere, that competitiveness. See, I drive on, comp on, com on competition. I remember the day that I posted uh, on a Facebook post on like four different groups saying, hey, you know, hit me with your best objections, rejections, or complaints, and I'll hit you back up. And that was because I saw uh, Michael Jordan's, um, you know, Last Dance, episode six. And mm -hmm. I said, let me go ahead and compete against. And I, I, I promise you, I went over toe-to-toe -to -toe with over 300 people that same day. But that competitive nature, it's a double-edged sword because you don't have that working remote. I have here nobody here competing with me, right? It, it, you don't feel the pressure. I love, I love feeling pressure. The only way I ever got better was through pain and pressure. That's it. So if I don't have any of those two, it kind of acts like a double-edged sword because I tend to then steer off track. So what I do a lot is I'm, you know, even working at Cardone, we had a success schedule. And any one of my students that knows is I put them on a success schedule because you need to be in control of your activities. You can't really manage your time, but you can you can manage your activities. And you, by you managing your activities will allow to for you to create what's called a state of flow. And the moment you're in that state of flow, it's like literally all the drugs, everything that you could possibly hit you in one spot. And then you're just you're on that constant flow. It's the same thing if you ever if you, anybody's ever ran before and you're running and all of a sudden you have what's called the runner's high. Right. I yep. run like five to 10 miles, you know, a day here and there. And it's that same, that same feeling. You get that high and it's the same thing when it comes to being in that state of flow. But in order for you to get there, you need to be in control. And the only way you can be in control is being controlling of what activities are you doing on a daily and weekly basis. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, and people that I've trained and stuff, especially doing outbound, I, I love it when people are like, well, a week or two in, oh, this is what I thought it was going to be like, right? You know, they just, they, they don't put in volume because you have to test. You have to put in the first, you know, to know what week, right? And, and, oh God, Dylan, and, look, when I was the first, the first, okay, so what's next? So when it, when it comes to the, the obviously the, the price thing, right? And and I've, I've mm -hmm. seen, I've, I've tested different things and I've heard different things from a lot of people. Um, and, and what's your opinion on this? Some people say it's better to get into the, okay, this is what they want. This is what they want. This is what they want. They tell you what they want. And then most people are like, great. Once you feel like you have the solution, it's better to just tell them, okay, I think we have the, the solution for you. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's our blah, blah, blah. And here's what you get, blah, 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 blah. And here's the price, right? Um, mm -hmm. And then vice versa, you know, other people say, hey, it's better to just say, hey, listen, this is what we have. Um, do you have any questions? And to keep asking, do you have any questions? Do you have any questions until the prospect asks you, well, how much does this cost? What's your opinion on, on, on those two alternatives? So if you ask somebody, you know, do you have any questions constantly, right? You're going to get to a point, obviously, where that person, depending on the personality type, is going to get pretty pissed off and say, dude, get to the point already. Because mm -hmm. I know that would be me, right? If you're constantly repeating that. But if you understand that the whole point of the sale, and especially when you're explaining the packages, you're supposed to go ahead and talk about what's exactly included, drop the value, and then talk about the price. If the person said it's too much money, chances are you're talking about the wrong product to begin with or the wrong service. Because chances are that person can't justify what they have in their bank account compared to what they want to get. Right. So chances are you're talking about the wrong product, and all you have to do is then put them on the right product or the right service. That's really it. Mm. So that's why when it comes to presenting any offer you have, you have to have multiple offers because it's not one fits all. It's never one. You and I probably have different foot sizes. Chances are your shoe size is not going to fit on mine. But if I have different options, I'm going to go ahead and pick the one that's right for, right for me. And it's the same process. 
Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's never about, hey, you know, any other questions you have or anything like that. It's just show them exactly how you can bridge the gap from where they are and where they want to go. And if you could truly offer that solution, then great. Then go ahead and do it. But you like, I, you know, before, you know, like I always say, you, you got to go ahead and be passionate, love about what you're doing. Create a list and sell it 24-7 because if you do, then that person is going to know that your confidence on that phone call is through the roof. And they're going to want to talk to you. They're going to want to go ahead and actually want to work with you. They're actually going to like you and trust you. If you're completely transparent and have nothing to hide, and you know if business ethical, it makes sense for them to go ahead and move forward, then by all means, it's a sale. But again, it's never a sale. The sale just started, but now the real problem begins because now they're investing in you to solve that problem. They're on there to solve that problem, and you got to dig in deep to find it. Because can't start most of them don't even want to share with you, and that's why they, most most closers don't even get the sales because. They don't find the real problem. Oh, 100 percent. They mm-hmm. they put them on the wrong thing completely, right? Oh, absolutely. And and I always say this: there's the number one objection, and 99 percent of people got this wrong. I always say there's one. There's the most common objection is the unspoken objection that no one talks about, and they're not going to tell you what it is. They're not going to tell you what it is, and the reason they're not going to tell you what it is is because they don't want you. They don't want to be sold. Rather than just being confronted, and 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 the funny thing is, you just ask. You just put like like because yeah. a lot of people always ask me. They're like, well, even if you think it could be this, like, how do you come out there and and just get them to come and say it? It's like you just mm-hmm. you just ask them. <laughs> just say, yeah. hey, hey, listen, it, it really sounds like, you know, I, I get you're saying this, this, and this, but you know, it really sounds like because you've gone through this, this, and this, that this could be the problem. Listen, you could be honest with me. Is that really the case here? Mm-hmm. Ask them. Um, yeah, it, it, it's so funny because when people try to go around the bush or try to do this whole, you know, smoke screen and mirrors, I'm the first person I, I read you very quickly. So I already like again, I've done over hundreds of demos. So I know when someone's giving me, you know, a, you know, give me a runaround. And I just tell them flat out. It's like I, I remember last Friday, some dude tried to. I mean, I said, hey man, can you just cut the bullshit already? Just tell me exactly what you can and can't do. It's funny, his business partner started laughing and then he just decided to take the peanut butter out of his mouth and he started talking to me like grown men should. Mm-hmm. So let's talk B2B for a second. I want, I want, your, I want your opinion on this. Um, yeah. This is, this, is, this is a good conversation. Um, when it comes to kind of like higher level B2B stuff, right? It's, it, it's a uh-huh. little bit different because, it is. Uh, especially in the Fortune 500 companies, I have a buddy that goes to the gym. He works with uh, he works for a company called Siemens. I think he's like one of the national sales managers or regional something like that. Um, now yeah. at that level, when it comes to the sales process, there's a lot of stuff that's involved, right? It's it's talking to the CEO. The CEO will have their team, typically a session where you and your team are there, and then them, and then there's this whole like proposal, right? In your opinion, when it comes to kind of higher level B two B, is it better to um, get involved for those listening and maybe they have agency stuff like that? Uh, when it comes to like a under the kill, is it better to um, get off the call and then draft a proposal and send it to them, right? Mm-hmm. Or versus, all right, cool, hey guys, here's everything you're gonna get. Here's gonna be the price. Just letting them know, like, hey, here are your options ahead of time. We'll get the proposal together. Blah blah blah. You know, which one do you think is it better? Just get for those that are doing proposals. Should you just send them a proposal and then follow up, or should you just lay it all on the cards and table, very first call? You know, what's your opinion on that? So first things first, we, we got to make sure that that person obviously is a qualified candidate for the for the solution that you're going to offer yep. before we get to that. But if they are right, if they are, you know, one of my twelve commandments when it comes to the closing a sale is that you never want to get off the phone without having them go over the you know the proposal, the contract together. 
because any chances of you getting off that phone call with them and this, that, you know, ch chances are it's going to create uncertainty. You know, you may become the, uh, the, you know, the, uh, the antagonism in that, in that solution. And by that happening, you're now going to go ahead and create more follow-up attempts for you to may get the sale. So I'm the, I'm a firm believer that when it comes to getting that sale, you stay on the phone with them until they either tell you exactly if they are going to move forward or not. And if they are, when it's that date. And if they are to move on that date, okay, great. What's a payment? What's a credit card that we could go ahead and post date for that date exactly? So we know exactly on that date, I already have your credit card information. You already signed the contract. You already know you want to do this. And if, the reason I do all those steps is because guess what? I'm testing them. I'm testing them to see if anywhere along that lockdown close now, they're going to say no. And if they are going to say no, I prefer them telling them right then and there, because guess what? If I say, hey, let's post date it for, let's say, September 30th, right? That's when you're going to want to move forward. Let's get the contracts on and everything. And they say no. Now I know that they have no intention to move forward with me and they're just a nice guy. Yeah. So if there's any, and then I go back, it's like, and I tell them, hey, if there's any chances or bias remorse you think you're going to have, I prefer you doing it right now so we don't waste each other's time. Mm -hmm. So it's better to just, even if you have to pick out like what kind of offers me best for them, you're saying, um, get the data, say, okay, cool. Let, let, let me back to our team. Let's see what's going to be the best fit. I think this offers me better. We'll draft something up, then hop back on the phone with them, review the proposal with them, and then just go for the kill then. Good. Go for the kill. And if they say, Hey, this sounds good. We want to move forward on X date. Great. Get says not a problem. Let's go ahead and post it. What's the credit card information? Let's go ahead and get it signed and we'll get you rocking and rolling. Yep. There's micro on that date something that we used to do for um uh, another influencer that we're doing and and they're powerful right uh when mm -hmm. it comes forward for the kill like most people will be wishy-washy and they'll say stuff like oh yeah i really want to do this but it's like okay cool even even if this is what i tell people they're like well what uh -huh. if they don't have money it doesn't matter like even if you can get them to just put a dollar or or just just getting their card info on file is mm -hmm. even though their card is declined it doesn't matter they, yeah. they're committed yeah exactly it's just, it's, and it's that's just happened to me before <laughs> yeah, there's nothing worse than spending all this time doing follow up and stuff, and you didn't even get a, a micro commitment or or collecting mm -hmm. or even getting five hundred bucks. Like, who cares, right? Uh, so I, I I love that. I, I agree completely. Right, get some kind of commitment ahead of time, uh, and yeah. then take them to that next phase. Right. Uh, you have to. So, what other what what final tip or advice would you have here uh, for those that are kind of tuning in live for the group that are listening to the uh, the podcast? Maybe they're an entrepreneur. Uh, they want to close for themselves. Maybe they're closing for other people. What what final tip would you want to leave them with? Uh, the actually the the biggest problem that I see right now, um, a, a lot of people that are in sales they really don't understand the sales process. There's this new wave of sales professionals that are coming in, and there's this old wave that's still here. And, and a lot of us, you know, that I'm seeing, we really don't understand the sales process from A to Z. If there's something that I would tell everybody to focus on is you want to focus on the sales process, because if you could go ahead and recite to me all the steps, you know, no matter if it's B to C, B to B, corporate or enterprise, it's going to be the same sales process. But guess what? The only difference is the message that's going to be delivered in each and one of those. So please. Uh, study the sales process, know it like the back of your hand, because that's going to be the roadmap for you. Any, anytime you think that, you know, you may forget, or anytime you think that, you know, you may be a step that you're skipping, you have to know it like the back of your hand. Yep. I love that. And, and also finding like the bottleneck in the sales process. Right. So that's what yeah. I put people in is just like, when people are worried about everything else, it's like, dude, you, you're, you know, you're not even getting replies yet. Mm -hmm. you know, like, like if you're yeah. doing 
out, people that are doing outreach and, and they're asking all these other questions, like, well, that doesn't matter right now. You're not even getting a, you're not even getting an at bat. Like you need to respond. Mm -hmm. You need at least somebody to get to tell you to fuck off, give you an objection or say, you know, leave me alone. Once you get to that point, then you can be like, okay, cool. Now, how can I prove this to where I'm actually getting on the phone? And then when you get on the phone, then you start working it out, right? Working out that whole kink. Exactly. Uh, so let's take some questions. For those that are, are actually here on the show, tuning in live, we have some questions. Um, David says, Jace, when you know you have what they want, do you go straight for the close? And what if they object when you go for the close? Uh, so first things first, if I know what they have, you know, they, if I have something that they want, I, I don't go right in for the close. What I try doing is I try and tying what, what they want now to the pain that it's costing them. Yeah. So I'm a firm believer. Look, I love selling B2B. And I love selling B2B because I'm gonna, if I have a solution, I will offer it to you, but I'm gonna make you remember that it's costing you 500 to a million dollar problems annually because I'm gonna make sure that I keep saying those numbers every single time. Thank you. To making sure, huh? So thank you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna let them know every single time. Hey, so it's costing you $36,000 every single month. That's about close to over $400,000 in annual recurrent problems. Um, and I, and I, and I, I teach my students the same thing, like the transition questions after I, if I, you know, if I could solve half of what it stated, not the full, but half, you know, is this something moving forward with me? And they're like, okay, yeah, absolutely. And most people go for the close. I don't go for the close right then and there. You don't even know if the person is the decision maker. So that's when you ask them, Hey, so other than yourself, because chances are, and Dylan and I can testify to this in business, chances are there's more than one decision maker being involved. So you have to ask the question other than yourself would be involved in making a final decision if you like what you see because i'm now testing the fact that it may not be just me and dylan maybe somebody else involved mm -hmm. and that's when i go in for the deal yeah you can't yeah. skip steps but for those that are listening in i want everyone to hear one thing that he said and and i do this and i've i've do i've done so many call reviews so many call breakdowns with students and breaking it everything step by step and they get to the end they had the objection and i point out where they mistake and the one thing that jace pointed out was cost you guys can't, if you guys are getting to the point where you're going for a close and then you're, you're hitting an objection, you can't overcome the objection. If you didn't go deep enough earlier in the call to figure out what it is, what it's costing them, you have no leverage whatsoever. So when he gets an objection, Jace gets to hit him with what, well, well, dude, it's you, you've already wasted this amount of time. You said that you wasted this amount of money. You know that every month that goes by, you're losing X amount in revenue. Right, but you can't leverage that if you don't get the details. And the biggest thing I see from from closers is they'll just they ask this these surface level questions that yep. they don't they and they don't anchor to anything go deeper into it. And they they, it's just like an interview. It's just they're just <laughs> asking questions. After questions. Oh, okay, great. Let me tell you about this program and here's how much it costs. And they get an objection and they're like, crap. How do I handle this objection? You can't. You can't. Yeah. You didn't do your damn job. <laughs> I'll never forget this. So I was actually on one of the calls with my student because I said, let me let me help you out. Okay, because I'm gonna show you how it's supposed to be done. So you can have it recorded and then you can listen to it every single time. And I'm I'm just qualifying this this owner. And I told the owner, so I was like, hey, so pretty much what you're telling me is costing you about six hundred thousand dollars in annual recurring problems. You told me that your profit margins are about forty percent. So, you know, if I could solve half of what is stated, you know, it's about three hundred thousand dollars. Is that something you'd be interested in moving forward with? He said, yeah, of course. I said, okay, great. Because that's an additional about $180,000 that I'd be make, helping you make a year. So now the price, which is whatever less, at the end of the day, selling anything that's what, five, ten, thirty thousand dollars doesn't matter. If you could quantify how big that problem is costing the owner in terms of money by monthly and annually. Once you do that, it, it's like, it's a no brainer. 
it, it's a no brainer. Anybody who sells anything that's over $30,000, $10,000 or higher, you're all, we're always going to tie down the exact cost that's going to cost him over the length of time that he has that problem for. And that's it. You do that and it's game over. So once you do that, but here's the thing, most of the times what I tend to see is like, say the owner says, uh, you know, says no, right? So chances are, if the owner says no, you know, half of what is stated, you know, chances are there's actually a bigger problem that you have yet to identify. And you have, and, and I see this happen, I've seen this happen, but you have to then ask, go back into the qualification before moving on to the presentation and making sure wh what is that other bigger problem that's costing him money that he's not, he doesn't want to share about. That That's the unspoken objection, right? We want to figure that out because that's the only way we're going to help him. Once you do that, honestly, Dylan, I don't know about you, but my closing ratio is anywhere above 50% just because I go into that framework knowing, okay, how can I help this guy bridge the gap between where he is and where he wants to go with the solution that I'm going to offer him? And if it's something you truly love to do, I promise you, it's going to be a no-brainer. You're going to sell it like water to an Eskimo. Well, and what's interesting is I, I found with 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 the right, I think higher ticket stuff is actually, it's it's less friction and it's easier it's easier to sell yeah. compared to lower ticket stuff because yeah. they're already at the mindset, especially when you're doing business owners, they're already at the mindset where, hey, if it makes sense logically, right, it, it, then it just makes sense, right? And you don't there's yeah. no identity shift. There's no, um, you know, this this fear of, of taking action or anything like that when you're going to have that little higher ticket. And the other thing is, too, for those that, that, are, that are tuning in. It doesn't take any more effort to, to, to close something that's higher ticket than it does if you're selling something for 97 bucks. You're right. It, the, the effort, the amount of effort is exactly the same. Yeah, uh, so that's that, true. I'm, I'm glad you pointed that out. So uh, for those who are tuning in, if you guys like this, if you like the whole kind of uh, back and forth, if you like being able to ask these type of questions for those that are, are, are tuning in here live um, and for those that are listening in onto the podcast, um, you know, we, I'm actually going to be uh, on, on a show with Jace that's coming out in October. Really excited to announce this where you guys kind of get this more back and forth banter. There's going to be uh, a few other people who are also in the sales industry. And the other cool thing about it is if you are focusing on closing, you're focusing on sales, whether it's your own business or entrepreneurship, what you guys got to understand is the philosophy of closing everything is the same, but there's different styles. And what me and Jace are seeing is that, you know, there's different personality types. Everyone has a different style. And maybe one thing I'm saying doesn't relate the same to you um, as much as, you know, maybe Jace has a different way of doing stuff. Maybe something Jace says relates to you and your personality type better. Uh, so we have an amazing show coming out. Uh, <laughs> can't wait to tell you what it is. I think you guys are going to kick out of this. Jace is excited for it as well. Uh, and the name of the show is going to be called Sales Porn, right? So the goal here is to make sales sexy again. Right. So let us know what you guys think about uh, uh, the title of the show, what you guys think about uh, what it's going to be all about. Uh, it's going to be kicking off in October and you guys are going to be able to uh, tune into the show live, uh, interact, ask questions. And then uh, if you don't see it live, no big deal. Uh, see it later. But uh, is there anything you'd like to say about the new show that's going to be coming out uh, to the audience for those that are listening right now? I, I wish they would have seen how we raffled the name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's so for that those was, that that was the most for this way I've ever uh, we had out between uh, uh, five names and um you know I was like well you know what why why not sales porn and Jace's like oh man I, I like that and he's like you know what Jace actually went was, was it your fiance or your girlfriend uh my girlfriend uh, so Jace actually went to his girlfriend and said and told her and she got a kick out of it she's like laughing he's like oh man it, it has to be sales porn and he's like but no 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 let's do a drawing let's still do a drawing he goes puts everything else in, in there and draws it out 
and then draws it out, look, just pauses. She's like, no way. <laughs> He's like, no way. I was like, I was like, man, is sales porn really gonna gonna draw out after all this? And and it did. It was it was hilarious. Got a real good kick out of it. Uh, so it says, uh, for B2C, finding the pain is a bit different. I usually do it similarly when starting with goals and then ask why they aren't there yet, then dig from, yes, B2C and B2C, different. completely different. Um, Same process, different message. 100%. Yeah. Uh, make sales great. So what I say, Dylan, to that is that B2B, it's more fear of loss of money, right? Where B2C, it's more emotional based. When I, I was actually a manager at a medical device company. And, and I hated it because I had to tell people that were losing their hearing aid, their hearing saying, hey, imagine going to your Christmas, Thanksgiving holidays with your family and your little grandkids could come up to you and say, hey, grandpa, you want to play with me? And you're going to say, what? It's completely different. You have to tie down the emotion to how long that's been happening to then how long do you want to make it stop? It's completely different. But at the end of the day, you're still not tying them down to their emotions. And that's the way it has to be for B to C to that pain. Exactly. Very emotional. This whole identity shift and everything has to happen in the B2C industry. Okay. And I, what I tend to I see, Dylan, is a lot of people that go into B2B talk with a B2C message or script. That's another one. There you go. There's a huge knowledge boner moment for you right there. Don't go into B2B with a B2C mindset. <laughs> Very key. Not so um, for those tuning in, if you guys uh, do want to catch the show Sales Porn uh, whenever this kicks off in October and you actually want to be there live when we're when we're actually streaming it and, and hosting it and not catching it uh, later after it's released online, uh, comment Sales Porn down below. Let us know. We'll, we'll, we'll get you the details of how you can actually uh, tune into that live. If you guys are interested in seeing me, Jace, uh, we have Don. Uh, we have Virgil. Uh, there's going to be uh, you know quite a few of us, and there's going to be an awesome show uh, for those that are in the group, like Don Stratton, um, talking mindset and sales as well. Um, best sales champ in one place. This is going to be awesome. Yes, absolutely. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're really excited uh, about it. So you guys will get to ask questions. We'll get to cover topics for you guys. And uh, hey, we want to make want to make sales sexy again, right? So what's all about? Uh, so first and foremost, uh, everyone, uh, I want to say thank you to Jace for uh, making the time today to. Um, hop here live in the group, hop here on the show, uh, be on the podcast and, uh, really excited to be working with you, man, uh, doing this, this very excited for this as well. And, um, for those that are, are tuning in or listening to the podcast, where can people follow you at? Uh, they could go ahead and add me on Facebook or on IG. Facebook is Jace Gray and then IG is just Mr. Gray. My dog just knocked something over. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is sleeping right beside me. So we're on the same boat. Yeah. Um, and then great. Yeah. And again, guys, uh, if you guys want to tune into the show, make sure you guys are following Jace, be on the lookout. If you're in the Facebook group, comment sales porn down below. Uh, I'll get you guys the details, how you guys can turn into the, uh, tune in live for the show coming in October. If you're listening to the show on Spotify or on iTunes, find me on Instagram or find me on Facebook, shoot me a message, just say sales porn. I'll get you guys a link over to uh, the group that we're going to be actually streaming the show live in. Okay, so that way you guys can actually be there live to be able to have your questions asked and answers. We'll be covering it into the show. We're all very, very excited for it. And thank you guys so much for tuning in here to the Knowledge Boner Experience. Be on the lookout for the next episode, guys. Leave me a review. Let us know. Thank you, Jay, so much for showing on the show. And I will see you guys on the next episode as well as uh, in October on uh, Sales Point. So be on the lookout for that. Thank you, guys. <laughs>